I'll show you or share with you. The Lord has to show you, but I want to share them with you, and we're just going to walk through a few scripture this morning. And in yeah, I said everybody could leave, so now everybody's getting up, and they're they're all they're all going. Well, bless the Lord. I'll share it with my phone and send it to you. <laughs> I like that, Andrew. <laughs> Amen. And here I am. I, I didn't even put down the chapter, but it's in Matthew. I believe it's in 6, 5 or 6, verse 25. And I read this last week. And it, and it was uh, in the uh, discourse where Jesus was given the uh, Beatitudes or the attitudes that we should be in. And he comes down, and uh, like I said, I, for some reason in my notes, I didn't put down the chapter, but he comes down here and says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. 6.25, as to what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor your body, as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear for clothing. For the Gentiles eagerly, eagerly seek after these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But, what does he say, but? I always love this. He gives you, he gives you his, his discourse here. And then he says, but, but seek. So don't seek after this. But seek ye first the king, his kingdom, or the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So all these things you, you can spend your time worrying about. God said, if you seek his kingdom, he'll take care of these things. So he said, I don't know how many of us ever heard him say this, but he said it, and I, I, I've gotten a habit of saying this, Jesus is probably right, or Jesus is right. We're wrong, Jesus is right, right? Jesus said it. So it's probably right. We all agree, right? Jesus said this. See, because our prayer life has primarily consisted, I know this mind, mind change, but I know in many of us our prayer life has, because I know how mine used to be. And I'm not trying to put myself in some high place. Most of my prayer life is really seeking to know Him. I'll be honest with you. But that was, and, I, and I still pray about things. Don't get me wrong. So don't get me wrong that I never pray about things because if I told you that, I'd be lying to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to do my best to never uh, deceive you. But there was a place in my life that it really changed. Because I would sit before God and I would seek Him for things. I'd seek Him for things and seek Him for things and seek Him for things. As I am here, what it says, seek the kingdom. 
and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I know we don't have many young people here, but, but a lot of young people seek after a husband or a wife, for example. Well, if you seek the kingdom, guess what? That will make Kathy smiling. <laughs> so, so, Kathy, seek the kingdom. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. So, so that, that's the answer. Now, now, what does that mean, seek the kingdom? The kingdom is the rule and authority of the king. And, and, and Ephesians 1, the end of Ephesians 1 is about as good, and I won't read it for today. It's on the last, I don't know how many lessons I've taught. It's there. But if you go to Ephesians 1, about 15 to the end, you get in the rule and the authority of the Lord that He says is to us word who believe. So what He did at Calvary and through His death and resurrection is to the believer. So, so we come in, 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 in the, the, the kingdom is that that belongs to the king. Well, you belong to the king. So now, if you, if you can believe you belong to the king, you can, you know, just another way to say, thy kingdom come, you could say, Father, show me your authority, your dominion, your throne. Because that's his kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy authority, thy dominion, thy throne. Because his name's above every name that can be named in this world, and even that which is, he said, even in that which is to come, so show me what is under your authority. So everything is. So the devil's under his authority. Half the church fights the devil half the time. Or think they do. But the devil's under his authority. He, he has all. How much authority does Jesus say he has? All. How much does us all say all? All. Let's, let's just align our minds up with the Word of God. All authority is given to Him. How much? All. all. In heaven and on earth. So He's got all authority. So I come in alignment with the Lord, and the Lord has all authority. Right? So I, I believe that. I, I agree with you, Father. It feels good to agree with the Lord. It feels... Makes me feel good inside that I, I believe Him. See, part of the time is we don't believe His Word. We don't see or understand it. And so, in uh, Scripture in Luke 17, so we're dealing with the kingdom and the authority of the Lord. It says, verse 20, and this was just powerful what the Lord began to say in me here. I've read this and taught it, taught this years ago. Haven't taught it in a long time. But it just came powerful, darling. So, in being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God comes, he answered and said, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. So, so first off, it's not going to come with observation. Most people are looking for them to build a building in Jerusalem again. And for Jesus to come over there and sit down on the throne. Which, <laughs> But Jesus said it's not going to come with observation. And He says, Neither shall they say low here or there. So not, neither here nor there. And that brings into my mind again the woman at the well. 
when the woman of the well told Jesus, said, we worship here in this mountain in Samaria, and you Jews worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall the true worshipers worship God, worship the Father. For God is a Spirit, and He seeketh those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So, so, so there was a change of order. When Jesus said that, there was a change of order because the old order was Jerusalem. Was the natural, physical Jerusalem. That was the old order. And Jesus even told the woman in Samaritan that, yeah, the true worship come, or the true God was from the Jews. I ain't putting it just right. Said, yeah, that's that's true God down that fills the house in Jerusalem. That's Jehovah God. That's the real God. But you're no longer going to go to a house in the Middle East and worship Him. For now you will worship the Lord in spirit truth. Just one thing on that. I'm going to move on into this. But one thing of that, he said, he said, you know, in this mountain, this mountain, in in Isaiah two, it said that. that God was going to establish a house above the mountains. Why the mountains? What's the big deal with the mountains in your Bible? There's a big deal. The big deal is people were always carried away with idol worship in the high place. If you study your Bible, you'll go and see that Jerusalem was always going up and and worshiping a, a tree or a idol or a new moon or or whatever, in the mountain. So he established his house in the top, above all those mountains. Because he's going to crush them all. But where he's going to crush them at is in men's hearts. See, he's going to get into the core because here's the answer for the kingdom. So you're not going to say, Lo, here, lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So it's going to come in your heart. Okay? And so he's going to crush the idols and the mountains of worship and everything, every name we've named. What, what, where do people name names at? Where, where do their names come from? They come out of people, right? So he, he's, his name's about her name, so where, where's he going to bring dominion at if not in the hearts of people? Exactly. See, see, what people don't understand, or what, and me too, or what we don't understand many times is, is let's say God did physically go sit on a throne in Jerusalem. Okay? Say, let's say for a moment. that change your heart? No. No. They saw the smoke and the fire. They saw God in the cloud come down in the cloud and the smoke and fire. They saw shoes not like soul. What, 40 years? Was it 40 years they, they wandered around the desert with the same shoes? And I wish you'd do it right now. My wife may not need ten pairs of shoes. I'm kidding. I'm 
So, so here, you have a people with their shoes in where out. So, so there was a, there was evidence that God was in the midst of me. My goodness, He parted the Red Sea. They walked through the Red Sea. Well, surely, if God had parted the Red Sea and they walked through the Red Sea, that would solve the issue, wouldn't it? Well, here Jesus come and broke the bread, fed five thousand in one place, not counting women and children. I think three thousand another place with a few loaves of bread and a few fishes. Man, they should all just, whatever you say, Jesus. Because they said they ain't got full. They didn't do that. Why? Because their heart, because there was an issue in you. In your core, in your being. That's where the issue's at, and that's where the kingdom has to come. So the kingdom of God is within you. Now, how does it get in you? <laughs> now, that's the question. How does it get there? And I give you tell you the answer. You receive it. Turn to Hebrews 12. I'm going to turn to John 3 today, I don't think. I may quote it. But Hebrews 12 says, verse 25, Hebrews 12, verse 25 says, See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns us from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things when cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we do what? Receive. How do you get a how does the kingdom come in you? Receive you receive it. You receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us show gratitude. You receive it. That's how. Now the question, how do I receive it? Okay? So we're just taking some questions. So, so first off, we, we read the kingdom of God's in you, and I said, how did it get in you? And, I, and then the answer is, you receive it. Now, how do you receive it? And I'm going to give you the answer through, through a word, to receive. Turn to Mark 4. This is how you receive it. Mark 4. I'm in the wrong four. I'm in Matthew four, Mark four. Wayne's in the wrong place. And he began Mark four, yeah. And he again and again he began to teach by the seaside, and there is gathered him a very great multitude, so that he entered into a boat and sat in the sea, and all the multitude were by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things in parables and said unto them in the teaching, Hearken, behold, the sower went forth to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured it. And others fell on rocky ground, where it had not much earth, and straightway it sprang up, because it had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And other fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. 
And others fell into the good ground and yielded fruit, growing up and increasing and brought forth thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. Who has ears to hear? What Has what? Ears to hear. Not just ears, but ears to hear. Let him hear. Means let him understand. And when he was alone, they that were about him or with him, with the twelve, asked of him the parables. The twelve said, hey, I don't get this. Right? If we're in today's speech, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, tell me what you mean. <laughs> and he said to them, Unto you is given the mystery. The mystery of what? Of the kingdom. Of the kingdom. Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest happily they shall turn again, and it should be forgiven them. Okay? Now, now thought that comes to me, happily they shall turn again. If you go in the Old Testament, Israel turned their hearts many times to the Lord, and He forgave them, right? If you go back there, He, he forgave them over and over. They'd cry out to the Lord, and the Lord would hear them. And heal them. Anyway, he says, Know you not this parable, and how shall you know all the parables? So in other words, what I get out of this is if you don't understand this parable, you ain't going to understand any of them. How are you going to know all the parables if you don't understand the parable of the sower and the seed? So it's real important to understand the parable of the sower and the seed. It's real important for us. Yeah. And, and he says, the sower soweth the Word. So what does the sower sow? The Word. That word, Word, means the Logos. The same thing John 1 says when he says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the sower sows the Logos, or the Word of God. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, and when they have heard, straightway come of Satan, and take away the word which hath been sown in them. So straightway they've heard the word. And Satan comes and takes it away, he says. Now, and these are in like manner they which are sown upon rocky places, who when they have heard the word, straightway they receive it. Not only... Did they hear it? Notice this. They receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves. They have no what? Root. So they can't reach down into it and get the source of the seed. And they endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises because of the Word, straightway they stumble. And others are they that are sown among the thorns, these are they that have heard the Word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the Word, and it becomes unfruitful. It says, it says they, they were joyful for it. Okay? So, so in our theology, we say all these people are okay because they received the Word. Jesus said they ain't. Jesus is probably right, and I'm probably wrong. 
the song. Huh? No problem. Huh? No problem. Hey Amen. No problem about it. That's real good. Hey Amen. So, so we, we, we see a people that hear the Word, receive the Word, but they have no root or the cares of this life. They're so, like, like Jesus told you not to worry about this life, but they're so overcome with the cares of this life that the, that the Word they receive doesn't do what? Doesn't bring forth. And those are they that are sown on the good, good ground. Here's, here's the ones that are sown on the good ground. They are such that hear the Word. They hear it. They receive it, accept it. They bear fruit. Now one place says they understand it. Matthew 13 says, if you read the sword, the seed, in Matthew 13, it said they understand the Word. They understand what's said. Okay? So it's not enough for Christians to, to just receive the Word. The purpose of receiving the Word is to understand the Word. Do you ever notice Jesus is called the Word? What what do you do with words? You communicate. In the natural, if I have a word, what do I do with it? I communicate. How do I communicate with you, brother? Through a word, right? You and I speak English, so I say something to you. Hey, you want to grab a hot dog? You say, sure, we're going to grab a hot dog. We communicate, we agree, and we move on and do what we're going to do. So, so, so Jesus is the communication or the Word, the thought, the mind. Everything that God is is embodied in the Word. So, so here, He's sown into our hearts. But if I don't understand, if I don't allow the understanding of Him that is sown into my hearts, how can I bear fruit? Or can I? Now leave something to check to find. So God is after not just sowing the word in our heart. This is this is I, I think really, really important. The Lord doesn't just want to sow the word. He does. He wants to sow the word in every heart. So don't get me wrong. He wants what he's sown to produce. And if there's not a producing of what he's sown, see then God isn't getting out of it what he's after. And so Jesus is saying this is why it's not going to produce is because you're on you're on stony ground and you're not getting any root. You're not getting into the source because the root goes down into the source into the supply and you're not getting the supply. Or you're 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 caught up with everything like Paul said, seek ye set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Paul says the same thing. Your, your, your mind, your, your relationship is on the earth. So if I'm going to produce after God, I've got to set my affections and seek the Lord to bear fruit. Because God's not just about planting His Word in you. He's about His Word coming out of you. Glory to God. And it's not just in, in declaring the Word. It's in a walk. It's in a lifestyle. It's in everything. It's to affect the kingdom of God. It's to affect yeah, your speech. You should understand what it means. 
See, Christians have walked around and sang a song in the sweet, we'll know it better by and by. Jesus said, you know it by the Spirit. Again, who's true? The song or Jesus? Jesus is. So, 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 but Christians, I, I picked on some folks that were with them a couple weeks ago. Precious, precious meetings. And I love the meetings, and I, and I said, I picked on the song, I'll fly away, oh glory. When this life is over, I'll fly away. And I said, you're dead in the life of sin, Christ of God. So you're singing opposite of what the Word of God says. You're actually declaring to yourself opposite of the truth. Because Jesus ended this life. See, if I don't understand the Word of God, see, I'm just going to move on and I'm going to sing and declare things that ain't true. I don't mean that, do I, Brother Andrew? I don't mean that in in a bad thing, but it's because I don't understand it. But see, where the problem comes in is when I don't want to understand it. When I don't want to think, I need to understand it. I'm just going to do it my way. Well, you doing it your way may mess up. Almost, not almost, I guarantee you will. Because he said, I'm the way. He said, do it my way. Come to me. Right? And you'll find that. Come to me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. So everything there points to him. The way, the truth, the life. So everything I have to access is of him. So I come to him to understand what he's done. So, so as I understand the word, and the word begins to bring understanding to me, it's not just bringing understanding that I can just speak it, it's bringing understanding to me that I can bear it. So when I read that I died with him, I can bear in my body that I died with him. That that the that the actions of the flesh can put be put under his authority because of the truth of the word. See, that's what I mean. The word is the way we we enter the kingdom. We receive a word, and and I and I can't read all these, or I'll break my promise of this being short. No, I've only been 26 minutes. I'll break my promise if I read all these, Bob. I know, and I'm just being silly back. We're being friends. The word's like a mustard seed, right? It's the smallest of seeds. So in other words, when I get a hold of the word, now, 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 now when I get it, Brother Wayne, I don't know nothing about it except I receive Jesus. Which is good. And that's a great thing to know. I've received Jesus. See, Jesus has come to my heart. But I really don't know much more about it. I tell people all about that. And, and we should, because what we receive, we should give. That's another principle of Him. So if that's all we know, we should give what we know of Him. Right? So. So here we receive the Lord. We don't know much. We receive the Lord. It's like a it's like this mustard seed. Just a little bit. But as I get in the Word, guess what? The Word begins to grow. grow. Glory to God. And it eventually grows so much that I realize there ain't no end. It fills the whole Word. I realize this. Tiny seed that got into my heart, you know, when I believed in Jesus Christ, 
you can mention them, me, you, everybody else in the whole globe. Hallelujah. Ain't that something? The power of the Word. The Word of God. So we receive a Word and we and what makes us good soul is when we produce fruit. So if we don't produce fruit, we probably ain't good soul. That's what a farmer would say in the natural. If he put corn in the ground, right? And he never got any corn out of that piece of dirt. He'd say, this ain't good dirt. He'd go put the corn somewhere else. He wouldn't fool around with that dirt for, for years and years in the natural. And that's what Jesus is dealing with. Is the seed is to bring forth. Even, even in, in, in the book of John 12, he said, unless the corn and wheat, when they come and, and said... Hey, these Greeks want to see you, Jesus. And I said this some time ago, but some of you may not have been here. This is John 12. I won't, I won't turn there, but I'll quote it to you. Okay? Or quote part of it. But the Greeks want to see Jesus. So they come to what? Philip? And then, was it Philip and Andrew or vice versa? Anyway, one of them goes and gets his body, and they go to Jesus. They say, hey, Jesus, these Greeks want to see you. Jesus literally didn't say, hey, Greek, come here. Come here and talk to me. If you really think of what he said, he said, unless a corner wheat fall on the ground and die, to bite it alone, but if it die, it brings forth much fruit. In other words, Greek, if you want to see me, I've got to fall in the ground and die that I can produce fruit. Hallelujah. You won't see me. You won't know me just because you look upon my flesh. I have to fall in the ground and die because I'm going to bring the ground into my death. I'm going to bring you into my death. The ground. He took Adam out of the ground and He's going to bring the ground into His death that it can produce fruit. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And if it dies, it bears forth much fruit. So Jesus knew He was going to get an increase because the Word of God does not return to God void. You ever read that in your Bible? Have you ever read that Jesus is the Word of God? So He never returned back into the realm of spirit void. He returned back having accomplished what He wanted to do. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. So now, you're His accomplishment. You're His fruit. He's made you part of Himself. So I say, well, Brother Wayne, the fruit is just now. Actually, your Bible says the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. So it's too long to say it is just Him, but it's Him in the people. And it's the people in Him. But see, see, the problem with just saying, well, it's just Him, is I don't include you. Well, He included you, Kathy. He loved Kathy. He did. He loved Kathy, and He included Kathy into Himself. So, so 
he loved Kathy enough to become what Kathy was, every bad thing about Kathy, every carnal thought in her mind, not just her bad work, every good thing, and crucified it that Kathy could come into the joys of the Lord. It's time for you all to get joyous. Like I said, I, I promise you there was one other scripture I wanted to hit on, and I can't remember where it's at. But it, 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 it went along with this, but, but I, I, I'll find it for another time. I told you it's going to be short, so I'm going to keep my word, and I, just bear with me a couple more minutes. He wants you to have joy. We ought not to be these solemn-faced Christians all the time. Sometimes it's right to be solemn-faced. But all the time, you know, in the earth, Christians sometimes look like the sourest people in the earth. They matter the world. They happen.
kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Doesn't mean downcast, beat up, and afraid. Ain't the kingdom of God. See, we're going to understand, I believe by the Spirit of the Lord, we're going to understand the kingdom. That We're going to understand the Word has come in us to grow and give forth increase. And in the coming year, I believe there's going to be an increase coming to each one of you. It's going to come through this Word and you're going to turn into joyous people. Your family's going to say, Hey! What's happened? Everything ain't wrong. I'm going to say everything's right. It's all right. It's good. Would that be better? It's all right. Let me tell you, it's real good. Let me tell you about a real good thing. I got a hold of some real good wine. Let me give you some of it. And you begin to share the wine of life. You begin to share the river of life. You begin to share the glory of God. And then they put a little dance in you. See, see the church used to have a little dance, and now they got no song. But God may put a little dance in you. Brother David did what? Before the Lord made his king. He danced, he danced so wild, his wife was ashamed of him, and they was just out there going, You ain't seen nothing yet. You know? He, he was loving more, so he was in a relationship with God. Hallelujah. God wants a little relationship, darling. He wants you to move into a relationship. Alive in presence of Him. Glory to God. Put a little dance in you. It's alright to dance before the Lord. It's alright to move your feet. He's going to change the order here. It's coming right now. It's been coming, but it's coming right now. The order's getting ready to change. And when the order changes, it's going to be a dance. There's going to be a move, and you're going to feel good, hallelujah, more together. Hallelujah. Man, because there's a happy times ahead. A lot of people tell you how bad it is, and I'm stopping for the kids. But they're, they're making this all. No, I am. It's time. I told you I wouldn't be so long. But what's ahead of you is happy times. Everybody told me it's going to get bad. Why? Kingdom of God, didn't you have bad? Can you possibly get? And you can cut your head off and you still ain't getting bad. But Jesus said, be good cheer. I have overcome the world. But somewhere we've got to believe that. If they, if they slay me, Apostle Paul was declaring the goodness of the Lord when they were getting ready to kill him. Do you realize that? <laughs> you know, when Paul and Silas were locked in jail, they weren't in there going, whoa, 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 whoa. Were they? No, they were singing in prison and the singing released them. See, I'm really trying to quit. The singing 
I've only been 39 minutes, so give me five more, 45, and I will stop. I'm looking at my phone. See, the singing will release you. See, we don't get this sometimes. Sometimes with singing, right? Singing's a release these shackles and bonds when you come in and praise the Lord. The prayer will open a door of communication. What does prayer do? It opens the door for God to communicate, right, Brother Wayne? You now have access to, to communicate with the Lord because you, you come and seek Him and you're, you're, you're praying, you're talking to Him, you're, you're in communion. So there's an access for Him to flow to you and you to flow to Him. Amen. And that's what God is after, a praise, a worship, an access. And as we enter into that, honey, it's going to set captives free. I'm looking for people to get free. I'm looking for you to get free. Because Jesus said, that's the message of the kingdom. Anyway, that's for another time. But, but the kingdom comes out with observation. It comes through a word. A seed. And the seed is the word of God. And the Word of God is sown into our hearts. because That's why it has to be within you. Because He wants out of your bellies to flow. Out of your heart, your innermost being, your spirit, your soul, your mind, to flow out of you. Why? It's a pretty good kingdom. God will flow out of you. Sister Bart, eternal. I love to see Sister Barbara smile. She blesses me. I know I love to see you all smile. Well, we're done today. I didn't even do 45. We're at 42. 